everybody. Welcome to the Ming and Mike Show, broadcasting from Shared Universe Podcast Studio, located in beautiful, beautiful Eatontown, New Jersey. My name is Ming Chen, sitting across from me for the first time in a very long time. Mike Zapsik. What everybody. up, Ming Chen? <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome. Thank you for everybody for joining us uh, here on this beautiful Friday night. How are, how the hell are you, Mike Zapsik? Holy crap, Ming. We haven't sat across from each other doing this podcast in a very long time. Sat next I feel to like each other. We've, we've done a, a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, we've sat next to yeah, each other. Yeah, the studio is killing people. me. It's killing me. It's killing you, Ming. But it's killing me. It's killing me softly. It's in killing you with, in a good way. With everybody's not songs, but with everybody's podcasts. So killing I, you I love it, man. With their pods. I love it. But this uh, is. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, we're 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 growing up in a big way, Ming. My my, my May, man, crazy. This is uh, so. Today is Friday. Uh, it is Friday. You know, I hate dating, you know, because I know people will be listening to this broadcast. Like <laughs> no, 20, 20... you hate dating the podcast. Say that. I do. Rather than you hate dating, because I don't think that the lovely Debbie Chen would want you dating All right, anymore. I hate, I hate dating myself. All but, right. Your you know, wife hey. doesn't want you dating. You're not no. allowed to. She disapproves of it a lot. Probably. So. I, you know, you'll have to ask her. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're never around to ask you, you her. You know what happens when you start assuming, Mike? Uh, yes, uh, I, I do. You make an ass out of you and Ming. And Ming. Yeah. Yes. Assume Ming. That's right. Yeah. That's but, Hey, good one there, Ming. But um, boom. Have you ever thought of writing for Saturday Night Live? Every day. They could use you. No, they couldn't. They could <laughs> use a guy like Ming. Uh no, they couldn't. Princeton can use a guy like me. Uh, no, they couldn't. They um, can't use me, They and they won't use me. So. No, they probably won't, but... I'm, I'm fine with that. I've, I've actually got to tell you, I just finished reading uh, a book, fantastic book. Uh, it's called Caddyshack, uh, okay. a Cinderella, The Making of a Cinderella Story. Okay. And now, um, actually, this started off uh, our dear departed friend, Mark... Um, Costello. Mark Costello, the good time fellow, Marco. Yes. God, God rest his soul. He loaned me a book of his. It's the Saturday Night Live, the the first five years. Yeah, and it was riveting. It it was such a fabulous read. How it, how was it riveting? Was it a train uh, wreck? Was it no, drama, well, drugs, rock and roll, everything. comedy? Well, I'm I'm just saying that all the. I grew up with Saturday Night Live. Okay. I remember watching the first few episodes. Uh, we would have, I think I've told you this before, I used to have sleepovers with my best friends at the time, which were Tracy and JR. <laughs> I was seven years old, Ming. Okay. Yeah, I was seven seven or eight years old. Okay. We, we would stay up. We got uh, express permission from both sets of parents, theirs and mine, and we would stay To watch up. such filth on, on Saturday night TV. Uh, my father loved comedies. He was a huge fan. He was okay. a family doctor who truly thought that laughter was the best medicine okay. after the crap that he would sure. you know, make mix together for okay. people. So uh, they had no problem and uh, J.R. and Tracy's dad was a huge you know, just a, a burly Irish uh, former cop turned lawyer. Just loved to laugh. Okay. So they, sometimes they'd watch with us, but most times it would just be like the three of us, and we'd be sitting there watching Saturday Night Live. Right. And ninety percent of the comedy went over our heads, but there were—I mean, they there was stuff that was there that was just pure gold. And the first season wasn't the best season either. Yes. The first five episodes are 
Hard to watch now. They're really, really difficult. What did to you watch. find funny as a seven year old? Do you remember? Um, like Gumby? Like they did. No, no. <laughs> Candy Graham. Dude, you're not. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Landshark was great. Sure. Um, and, but, uh, no, no, there was, there was no, uh, Gumby. That, that would come later. Okay. That came later. The original Not Ready for Primetime Players. You know, Chevy Chase, Gilda Radner, um, Dan Aykroyd, and John Belushi, Gene Curtin. Uh, Lorraine Newman and Garrett Morris, they were, they didn't gel as quickly as everyone thought that they would. These are uh, um, folks that came out of, and this is stuff that I read in the book and stuff that I read in the Caddyshack book that, you know, I, I just read. But it, like, boom, fascinated me, just like the dynamics behind the scenes, stuff that I never knew. But I, you know, looking back and you watch the the um, Saturday Night Lives, yes. you're like, holy crap! You know, they they would they told about um, Bill Murray wasn't th- these guys all came from comedy backgrounds. Uh, Chevy Chase came from um, out in Los Angeles, and he was part of the was it the Groundlings or something? I, I'm. I don't think he was a ground. Everyone else was from Second City, correct? Second, In yeah. Chicago. Most of the guys were from Second City and just around. And um, Doug Kenny, the guy who would go on with Harold uh, Harold Ramis to write National Lampoon's Animal House. Uh, Doug Kenny helped co-found National Lampoon. Yeah, which was just like this springboard. It, if you've ever read anything from National Lampoon. Which I doubt you have the early stuff, I'm sure. I have not read the stuff from the 70s, it's, no. Uh, well, that's pretty much all that there was. Uh, it was so cutting. They, they called it cutting-edge okay. humor. And it was this stuff that it basically told everyone to go screw yourself. Right. You know, it was Mad Magazine was like, that was... The comedy magazine of record, sure. you know, up until that point, a lot of parodies, fold-ins. Yep. You, you guys, I, I don't tell you what magazine. Yeah, of course, is. of course, not Sergio Argones in the the margins. You know, the yeah. um, uh, Dave Berg says, you know, stuff like that. Right. But then they they upped their game. National Lampoon upped the game. There was one. Um, <laughs> you very, said, you very. Said, you said poon. I did say poon. Uh, very. <laughs> Come on, it's Friday night, man. Well, that's exactly. That's what it was. It was. Uh, oh, it was that kind of humor. It was. It was. And if you, uh, I should loan you because I did buy it. The Saturday Night Live season one, and it is there is just stuff in there that is impossible to watch, and you can see these these guys coming in and hosting. Essentially, Lauren Michaels came up with this idea. That they would have, um, you know, a seasoned veteran of the comedy game come in, and he would do his stuff. Sure. And then they would do these little skits with uh, his not ready for right. primetime players, you know, filling in all the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, bits. Yeah. Rob Reiner hosted. I think it was his. Th- it was the third episode, and it was so hard to watch. He did like a twelve-minute monologue at the beginning, and you're like, "What an arrogant prick!" Oh, he was. Coming off a uh, meathead, right? Not just coming. He was meathead. He was meathead. Yes. Yeah, so, but I, I mean, he's the man. He's. Uh, well, I mean, he's still kind of the man. But well, not you can say meathead. that. But guess what? It's. It's not like this dude. Um, it's not like he paid his his dues. It's not like he wasn't essentially, uh, you know, Hollywood royalty. Okay. Because 
any second generation with even a, a bit of talent could get a job in Hollywood back in the day. And he was Carl Reiner's son. Carl Reiner, who was like a comedy legend. Yeah. He and Mel Brooks, the 2,000-year-old man, 2,000-pound right. man. He's, he's certainly earned it by now, right? By now? Rob uh, Reiner? Personally speaking, I still look look at Rob Reiner, and I'm like, I can't believe that you were that arrogant. And he was like treating the um, – because they, uh, they had this sketch with the bees, and he brought his wife, um, Penny Marshall, on. All right, also As, a legend. Very, very much so. Now. And, and she is, I mean, her brother, Penny Marshall, her brother, uh, Gary Marshall. Also argu- a legend? Yes, arguably one of the most prolific producers in, uh, out in Hollywood sure. up until his death. You know, if he said something, he could get a movie made. Right. Or get a TV show pilot bought. Yeah. And, uh, I mean... But he, he, again, a guy who paid his dues, you know, they, they didn't have all that, you know, Reiner name to fall back on. All right. So he brings his wife on and uh, they're doing this sketch with the bees. You know, um, one of the things, <laughs> it, if you've never seen it, they, uh, Belushi, Aykroyd, the rest would dress up like bees. And they would just be like, you know, like the bad news bees or whatever it was. Okay. And uh, he just... Starts. He's like, I told Lauren Michaels I didn't want to do a sketch with the bees. And part of it was um, him being, you know, like, oh, the, <laughs> I'm doing a bit. But another part of him was like, I, you know, I, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, I, I'm, on, I'm on the number one television show in America. And it, it was the dynamic. It was people don't think back on All in the Family. The first thing you think of is Archie Bunker, not Meathead. Not the meathead. I mean, he's third, probably fourth thought of. Sure, but on the number one hit show in the country. True, but that doesn't make you the star. No, it makes you the fourth star, though, out of, like, the whole world. Uh, Yeah, but you're also riding on somebody else's coattails. And I'm probably going to piss Rob Reiner off, and he's, I mean, not that he's ever going to listen to this. There goes that interview that we wanted with him. Thanks. What's his we? You want it? Go go to town. (laughs) I would love love to get Rob Reiner on here. I loved him in, uh, he did a voice part. Are you you a big proponent that you got to earn it? You got you have to have some cred before, uh, you know, in the in the in the world. And you know, mind you, the seventies there was not a lot of comp, you know, not a lot of, less competition back then. I would well, let's say, put it this way: it was now. it was a if you were on TV, sure. I mean, sure, shows got canceled, but I mean, you had a very limited watching menu, right? You know, if you were even well, yeah, a lot of the the guys who went up against All in the Family got you know their asses beat, sure, but I'm, crushed. Yeah, of course. But you only had three channels, and they had content, you know, everybody was trying to, to get something made out then, you know, made for TV back then. Sure. So, but you're a big uh, you're a big proponent of, like, you got to earn it first. Before. You do. I, okay. I mean, I've always thought that way. Okay. Haven't you? Sure. I mean, granted, you and I were but, thrown into the podcasting world. Sure. Uh, we've, we've told this story ad nauseum, but, you know, because Brian wanted to, to watch us fail. <laughs> he created a monster. He did. A juggernaut. A juggernaut. Yeah. Um, and yes, we were thrown on a TV show. We were. Uh, but I like to think we've earned our place at that podcast table. I think so. With Kevin, sure. I think so. And uh, I mean, just you know, being on that TV show, I mean, it's not like either you or I are the Chumley 
of that TV show. I, I, you, some would argue that some would argue otherwise. No, but well, I'm I arguing would be that fi- I'd be fine with being the Chumley. No, well, actually, without the got, meth and the beating the hookers if, and stuff. If yeah, you got sure. the Chumley paycheck, absolutely, you should. Yeah, be. but I mean, if you watch that, you're like, wow, this guy. I, I wish I had that Chumley. Yeah, paycheck, I know. It's like man, that Chumley paycheck would be awesome. Like, I mean, there's more wooden acting on any given. Um, Pawn stars from Chumley than this table is made out of, and this is an eight foot table, so that's a lot of wood. It is. So, yeah. but right. I'm I'm just saying that. Yeah, there's. I mean, that's that comes from a place of arrogance rather than a place of, you know what? I'm on here. I'm on Saturday Night Live throwing my cred behind it because I believe in your vision. All right. You know what I mean? Sure. So, but uh, I mean, I'm, watch it. But Belushi goes off on him, and this is this was the turning point for Saturday Night Live, I believe, because I've watched the entire first season. Okay. I'm like, whoa, this is. And anybody, this, <laughs> you've got some old dude sitting at a podcast mic saying, "You know what, Saturday well, I, Night Live, you're used here. To be let's, good. let's 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 hear it." So let's, yeah, I, I mean, it, it. Belushi goes off on Reiner's like. The whole, you know, excuse me thing. Like, right. excuse me, Mr. Hollywood, Mr. Big Shot. Just a cup. We're all just a couple of bees trying to make it here in New York City and make it on the, you know, the late night comedy scene. And he goes off on him. And part of it, again, is Belushi doing a bit. But another part, and you can hear the anger in his voice. Yeah. I was sitting there going, holy shit. Oh, this during the skit. Yes. Like, he just goes off book. Uh, he... Mostly off book. Okay. So he stayed within I mean, the well, lines I mean, of credibility. I mean, he was, that's what he did was go off book. Oh, of course. Yeah. But, and then that's, well, that's why he got hired for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. He was there, um, essentially their loose cannon. Right. Because he was, all the guys were great at improv. Garrett Morris, I don't know if you knew this, but he was a Shakespearean actor. He was a dramatic actor before. You, you could tell, yeah. Uh, because he didn't have a lot of, um, a lot of show stealing bits that he did. Lorraine Newman was the same way. She was a very talented actress, but you know, she got lost in that shuffle because nobody was writing for women back then. Jane Curtin actually uh, wrote most of her own material. And they also had some women writers in the writer's room, like Annie beats. And, um, so, uh, I mean, I'm boring people with the minutia of Saturday night live history, but it was, no, it's what you're into. It, right? it, yeah, you, I know. You just, obviously feel very strongly about it. Cra- but it, if you get a chance, it's uh, Saturday Night Live, the early years, and the uh, the, the follow-up that I, I've been reading, or I just finished, I, and I loaned it to, to Brian Johnson. Right. Was Caddyshack, the making of a Cinderella story, which goes, it's, the very first movie was National Lampoon's Animal House, and Animal House was a huge success. Incredibly, it, it made... Uh, from a three million dollar budget, it made two hundred and seventy four million dollars. So that's a good return that's on a investment. Juggernaut, and it was like one of the top three grossing movies of nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, and they're like, so what are you going to do for your follow up? So it was Harold Ramis and um, uh, Doug Kenny, Doug Kenny who played uh, Stork in Animal House. Yeah, it's like I know what a boner is. I've, I've you know, that's that was Stork. Or what the hell are you supposed to do, you moron? That was him. Yeah. You said uh, the Saturday Night Live book, uh, Mark 
lent it to Mark you? Mark did. Did yes. you keep it? <laughs> yes, actually. Okay, you, I, and I, I guess you, it you inherited it. You're passing yeah. it on. But there's a <laughs> there's a couple things that Mark has had of mine that I didn't. Uh, what feel what right. did he have? He had a bunch Real of my quick. DVDs. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I was like, whoa! But a couple of out of print DVDs, like Hopscotch and. Oh, uh, that's from back. I, the, what are you gonna do? I, yeah, right ask, at the, ask for them back. I, I am well, so, you can't, but... I am so sorry for your loss. Can I have my DVDs back? No, you don't do that. Ever. Some would argue that you're entitled to. Some... The family. Are, some people... They came out, I'm really... Yeah, I feel really bad. It's like, can I have... You know, I really need... What, like, what's out of print? Uh, hopscotch. Like, oh, hopscotch. Okay. Yeah, and it's fine. I'll, I'll pay the 25 bucks to sure. get it back. It's, it's like, uh, right. hey, I really need Point Break back, too. Like, <laughs> I was like, I really like that movie. Yeah, it was signed by um, Patrick Swayze, and he's yeah. not signing anything anymore. Well, Mike, you know who is funny and who is earning her way uh, and not riding on coattails? Damn straight, well, I know. Maybe, maybe a little bit. but but uh, She's riding the wave is what she's doing. Yeah, Ms. Robin Paris, who you may know as an actress from uh, the mo- a little movie called The Room. Might I? Would I know her from that? You bet I would. Yeah. And, it's um, Michelle from The Room. That's right. Great friend of ours. Friend of the family. Truly a friend of the Actually, family. Actually, just a friend a friend of ours. We don't have to bring the family into this. Yeah. We've, uh, we've met Ever. her in person. We've podcasted with her. We have. And uh, uh, but I, I guess, ba- and I backed her on. Yeah, uh, I backed her too. So I guess about uh, was a year or two ago, uh, yeah. we um, started launched a uh, Kickstarter campaign to do a mockumentary called uh, "The Room Actors." Where are they now? The Room Actors. Where are they now? And got it funded, got it made. Uh, launched on Funny or Die. Four episodes, which you, you can go and watch now. Won a ton of awards, got tons of accolades, and uh, did so well that they won a complete. The vision was to do 10 episodes. Right. So they are looking to do episodes 5 through 10 now. I've got episodes 1 through 4 on DVD. Yeah. just came like so, three weeks ago. Uh, Kickstarter campaign launched now 74% funded. And uh, we're, let's, let's ring her yeah, up. Yeah, hey, let's folks. See. Let's see. Let's, wow, let's see that's just let's talk yeah, to her. that is loud. Let's talk to her now. I, I know she's on here. Hello. 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 <laughs> How are you guys? Is this Robin Paris? Can I have this your autograph? <laughs> sure. Actually, I you already know if it's worth anything. You already <laughs> you already gave it to me, and it's worth about uh, forty five dollars on eBay. So, Ooh, okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, just so, Google yourself, and you'll find out that shopping with Robin Paris is worth money on eBay. Forty five bucks. Okay, cool. I think I was selling it for like twenty. So I guess okay. A it's good return up. on my investment. I <laughs> exactly. no, I'm Robin. I would never sell. I just got it in the mail like two weeks ago, and um, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I've watched them on Funny or Die, but I haven't watched my DVDs yet because I'm saving it. I, I let my my two. I have a 12 year old and a 15 year old, um, both boys. I have two sons. And I let them watch the room with me. In, you let them watch it. In con- I was. Were you, were you supervising them? I was in control of the um, the remote, and I did fast <laughs> forward through the uh, through the what is it? The shoulder humping scenes. The, the belly humping. It, well, belly shoulder. It's it's he just I, that and having his nasty ass anywhere near your body is I, I think would would have been years of therapy for my children. 
Oh, yes. You can't get that image out of your head. No, and I'm seeing it right now, and, and I swear to God, I'm thinking of digging my eyes out with a with whatever I've got here. Keys. I've got keys. <laughs> uh. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's like the singer at the end of one of my episodes has a song where her last, the lyric of her song is, You can't unsee Tommy's white ass. <laughs> I love that lyric. Wise, <laughs> white ass, zo. No, yeah, 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 no. But, but Robin, a rose is what you are to me. <laughs> well, thank you. You're a chocolate. I chocolate, you mean. Uh, yeah, all right. I you didn't can... go, you are my, you are my rose, you are my rose, <laughs> you are my rose. And he doesn't even finish saying the, the word rose before yeah. repeating the word rose. Actually, do you think that that's on karaoke anywhere? I hope so. I would do that would, I would. I would sing that uh, the whole five minutes of it. You got, do you have that much soul, Mike? <laughs> I, I don't. No. no okay. I that's why it's good. Come on. I'm, I'm Mike. No soul Simmons. Yeah. Come on. I love it. I would love to meet the guy who wrote that song. <laughs> you might have. He was probably on craft services on the room. <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. What what little there was. Well, congratulations on completing your yes. vision, episodes one through four. But your true vision is to get ten episodes out. And, yes. And- so you've got vision in one eye, and you want the vision in the other. You're 74% there. Yeah, but exactly. I'm, I am telling you right now because I didn't want to do it without announcing it because okay. this way I have to do it. Okay. So I'm I'm backing you too, Robin. I mean, Ooh, phase two, I'm thank there. Thank you. And hopefully we've got listeners who are going to uh, – come on, folks. Let's yeah. get That's this awesome. thing funded. Yeah, if you know, if the original room made you laugh at all. And, and, and we know it did. And God damn you if it didn't. You will burn in <laughs> hell if you hadn't – Think I have no soul? If you didn't laugh at the room, you have no soul. Yeah, I don't. I don't get people who don't find it funny. I just think there's something wrong with them. I oh, mean, so do we. Like, yeah, there's a special place in hell for people who don't like it. Sorry, that's horrible. But um, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, no, the room. I mean, not the room. It's just like it's so <laughs> like ridiculously bad in such so many beautiful ways. I mean, it's, there, it's if, wonderful. If there's a special uh, place in hell for Tommy Wiseau for making the room, there's a special <laughs> place in hell for the people who don't enjoy it for its artistic 100%. trueness, its beauty. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Yeah, it's it's it, like watching a, a train wreck. You can't look away, but there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. Yeah. It's like it it's like I laugh in my entire body when I see it. It's not just like it's like every part of my body is laughing. <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's just it works on so many levels, the room does. Or doesn't work on so many yeah, levels. Yeah. That's that's the key. Right. Yeah. So if your whole body body tingled like Robin's did <laughs> and mine. That's true. And uh I did we ask you last time if you had seen the Disaster Artist? I don't think we've spoken to you oh, since God, the it's Disaster been, no, Artist. Oh, God, it was like two – it was like a uh, – it was a No, we spoke ago. about – well, no, no. I, I think we talked to, to Robin about a year ago. Yes. Was it about a year ago? It was That's maybe right before the Disaster Artist came – maybe it was right when my my show came out on Funny or Die. Right. Maybe That's I talked exactly to you guys it. in November or December. Yes. But I hadn't seen the Disaster Artist okay. then, but so, I have seen it now. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm known for being a, a really hard hitting interviewer. So uh, <laughs> how did how did the disaster artist make you feel? Was it was it like more of a whitewash job than anything else? 
and and it, please be as truthful and uh, I mean, you know, the Franco family don't listen to our podcast, so it's you, right. everything is good. You don't know that. I'm, <laughs> let's just say, law of averages, Franco family doesn't listen okay. to our podcast. I'm just saying, hey, listen, I, I personally, uh, I think that uh, the whichever Franco brother uh, played Mark, who played. Um, uh, Greg's, Greg's, uh, it was Dave Franco. Yeah. Dave. Franco. Okay. Dave. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know James, uh, played Tommy and he did a great job as Tommy, but yeah, I mean, you were at the premiere. Were you at, at the, the actual room premiere? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was at, yeah. Now so, go ahead. Yeah. Please. No, you go. I, I want to well, hear about the, the room premiere. I was going to say, you know, in relation to the disaster artist, the room premiere was nothing like the way it was portrayed in the disaster artist. Um, yes, because the disaster artist made it out to be, you know, everybody's chanting Tommy's name. Everyone's laughing hysterically at the premiere of the room, but that's not what happened. Um, people were laughing. Don't get me wrong, but they were, it was more like a stifled <laughs> type of laughter where they were trying not to, you know, let on that they thought this was ridiculously funny. And a lot of people were leaving the theater. I was laughing so hard. I was crying. But I was like two seats behind Tommy. And I knew he wanted it to be a searing drama. So I was like, it's kind of like when you start to laugh in church or some other you know, place where you're not supposed to be laughing. It makes you laugh even harder. Right. At, at so, a funeral. <laughs> yeah. Which, exactly. All, for all intents and purposes, the premiere almost was. Uh, you know, if it wasn't <laughs> for the um, the sharp sightedness of a couple of you know filmmakers uh student filmmakers you know uh it might have died a brutal death or actually that slow lingering death because didn't he rent out um the theater for like two months yeah he started just doing screenings everywhere and he went to a festival i was in this acting class with this guy who saw it at a festival and i was like what is it doing at a festival like who who let them who let it in at the festival (laughs) the check cleared um, Exactly. But he loved it. The guy I met in the acting class, he was like, it was so funny. It was great. Oh, my gosh. And then he was an improviser at I.O. West. So a bunch of I.O. West people, um, fairly well-known people, started going to see it. And it kind of just grew in the improv and comedy community here in L.A. And people just started spreading the word that it was just ridiculously funny. Yes, I had heard that Paul Rudd and Kristen Bell and... Uh, even Judd Apatow had had heard about it, and they started going on like a weekly basis. And they made it like, "Hey, let's get together and go see the room again." Yeah, totally. Like this is. I have a friend. He his name's Dave Carter, and this seems really name droppy. I'm not trying to be, but he knows uh, Paul Rudd's wife, and he went to her birthday party. And at her birthday party, they showed the room, and he had never seen it, but he knew me from college. <laughs> So he, all of a sudden he's like, there's Robin on screen. And he like Facebooked me. He was like, I can't, I just saw this movie and you were in it. And, and I had no idea that it was getting a cult following. And that he, that was the first idea I had that there were celebrities watching it. Cause you know, Paul Rudd's wife was like a huge fan and this was 2008. Wow. Um, yeah. So I don't know where I was. I think I had my head in the sand or something. I was, but like suddenly it just, you know, EW did that five page spread and all these celebrities were talking about it. I was like, how did I not know this? Like people are seeing this movie. So, so kind of crazy. But I, I'm assuming Tommy was like a little like, get out of my house, all of you peoples. 
This is not a comedy. Do not laugh at me. Oh, you mean at the premiere? At the premiere, yeah. I'm, I'm just assuming oh. that that's what, what it was. Or, or he just silently got up and left. He, I mean, you know, he wanted people to be like crying at the end when, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, his character dies. And instead, people of crying with sorrow, we were all crying with laughter. And I mean, I felt, I knew what he wanted it to be. So I was so shocked by the movie. And so like, uh, but like joy, I had so much joy in watching it. Like I thought it was so funny, but it's not what I expected. Uh, I expected it to be bad. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't expect it to be so bad that it was so funny. And I think we all just avoided. I avoided Tommy at the after party because I was like, I cannot lie and, and look at him in the face and be like, that was an amazing movie. You know, so I was like, I'm just ducking. I'm just hiding. I was like hiding in a corner because I didn't want to see him. Um, and I think a lot of people were just totally shell shocked at the after party. I mean, I think everyone's face was like Juliet's face was white. I think and she was just her jaw was on the ground. She was like, uh, like what has happened? And she, I mean, she, I think she made a quick run for it. She tried to get out of there as fast as possible. Smart. Um, yeah. yeah and she's pretty white. So to get her even whiter, like that's, that's pretty <laughs> even tough. Whiter. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, just knowing that everyone is watching a, Dude, hump your thigh, or your hip, or you know your sternum. That that would make me turn whiter, too. Yeah, you're pretty white as well. And I'm I'm also I'm, I'm yeah. Ming Ming's nickname for me is Whitey. So <laughs> you're not, be a white. in most rooms. Yeah, you're the whitest. Not guy like room. Leave It to Beaver, Whitey. No, it's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a dated reference for you, Ming. Yeah. Like a translucent type of white. That's yes. how my husband, he's sort of like a translucent white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so see through. So uh, your goal is to complete the, the series with 10 episodes. Are they all written already? Yes, they're already written, um, ready to go. I wrote them, you know, like uh, years ago. So I've just been tweaking them. But yeah, they've been ready since I shot the first three episodes. But I just didn't have the money to finish the whole thing. So, yeah, so I'm doing the Kickstarter now to raise money to shoot new episodes. All right. We're, we're going to get you there. I, the, the current goal is 12500 but that will complete two episodes. So anything yeah. more above that will help it get to the ultimate goal of 10. Yes. Let's get, let's get you to 10. Yeah. I would love that. So we urge everybody to go to kickstarter.com and just search uh, the room actors. Where are they now? And that will pop up. The, the 12 and a half is uh, 74% funded. But yeah, the more the merrier. Oh my God! Yes, of course. Yeah. So let's get you I'm, past that. That uh, uh, let's get them stretch goals going. Yeah, definitely. Cool. I would break. love to shoot ton, like all six, you know, and just be have it all live as like one continuous series because I think it all needs. There's a there's a finale. The last episodes of the finale where all the room actors come together, and it's really cool because it just wraps up the whole series. So yeah, to finish all ten would be amazing. Spoiler alert, do, um, and, and seriously, if you haven't seen The Room, uh, what the hell's wrong with you people out there? Um, but <laughs> do you, at the end, do you all, like, shoot yourselves? Is that what happened? She can't tell you Talk that. about a great finale. She can't tell and, you or, that. Or she can yell at me for, like, you spoiled it, you bastard. How'd you guess? <laughs> Mind reader. Uh, I, I went to the Tommy Wiseau uh, School of Script Writing Good. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's how you'll end every movie. Every movie, you just kill yourself. Every movie. Oh, you're tearing me apart. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, uh, Still in Funny or Die and uh, YouTube, you check out the first four episodes. Or you can come over to my house and watch it with me. Yeah, Mike's got it on DVD. So <laughs> like right. 14 people are going to show up in my house. And not only that, Mike's the only guy in, uh, in the planet who has a DVD player, like a physical media player. So um, you Actually, may... I hate to tell you this, Ming, but my son, my 12-year-old, made me go out and buy him a VCR. Wow. Yeah. So okay, I'm shocked so, that you didn't have one already. So suck it. That, you know, I, I, <laughs> I have a VCR in my house now. I'm sh- Mike loves physical media. I'm, Robin, I am a huge physical medium. That's why I said I want it on DVD. Actually, do you want my DVDs? Yeah. I have a whole. I found them all in storage. Do you want them? Give them. Okay. Give them. All come right, on. Done. They're yours. Actually, we should put them up in the uh, the new podcast studio. Yeah. And uh, for anyone who has seen the room, uh, the seven actors that you do feature in the uh, the room actors that we speak of in the room actors where they are. Uh, Juliet Daniel, who plays Lisa. Yes. Philip Haldeman plays Denny. Check. Uh, Carolyn Minot plays Cla- Claudette. Uh, Dan J- Janjigian. Dan Dan Janjigian. That's so hard to say. No, actually, it? it's easy. Dan Janjigian. Who, Dan Janjigian. It's, it's so cool. It's, it's so much fun to say Dan Janjigian. Who plays the amazing Chris R. Cal uh, Vote plays Peter. Greg Ellery plays Steven. And, of course, Robin Paris, who plays Michelle. Of course, Robin Paris. Wow. Yeah, yes. did um after this came out, did anybody else ask to be on? Um, I, th- I mean, I, that pretty much covers everybody. But did you get like Paul Rudd uh, going? Hey, listen, here's what I want to do, Robin. <laughs> that would be amazing if I could get a couple celebrity cameos in the next episodes. It would be I have perfect roles. Like I know exactly where I'd put them. So if Paul Rudd wants to do it, James Franco wants to do it, Dave Franco. I think we I think we've established that the Franco family doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> they, <laughs> so, yeah. they, I, I swear I I don't know why. Come on. Hey, James. like the uh, you know, like the stunning revelation that, you know, celebrities watch the room. The Franco family may listen to this podcast. I'm just saying. I, I, I don't know. I'm just you know what? I you know what my whole thing about the disaster artist was it was it was sort of a love letter to Tommy. And not that you guys didn't get, you know, your props as well, but I was like, wow, <laughs> talk about building up a guy whose ego is already huge. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that it was, you know, that James Franco was, you know, uh, by all accounts, from what I have heard, great guy, really, really one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. But, you know, trying to, you know, maybe the Disaster Artist 2 is coming out. So he's just making sure that Tommy's on board for that. And he didn't want to, like, slam him too badly. Yeah, I thought they were very kind to Tommy oh in, the, my in the movie, um, for sure. Un, and I'm going out on a limb here. Undeservedly so, because because mm-hmm. um, in the book, I mean, uh, Greg, and, and this this boggled my mind that uh, Greg had written uh, Tommy, and if it's it's true to character, and I've, I've met the man only twice and in passing, and he didn't really give a rat's ass about us. No, like, but why are you should, buying well, why should he? Exactly, because he's Tommy Wiseau. Um, but just um, that uh, James Franco went out of his way to be extraordinarily kind to him. And I, I found that kind of amazing because in the book, if you read the book or listen to the audio book on audible.com, um, you'll notice that that Greg was like, I don't really give a crap if Tommy's my friend after I write this book or not, because I'm telling the truth. And, you know, there were some some stuff in there that was um, 
It wasn't complimentary. It was not but... complimentary. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'll go as far as to say it was uh, pretty ballsy of him to say, you know, a lot of the stuff that he did because, you know, behind the scenes stuff and, you know, essentially kind of calling uh, Tommy a psychotic you know, I the the whole vampire thing. You know that that was mm-hmm. you know just not. You know, it, it he, didn't. You didn't walk away going, "Wow, here's a really well balanced man." Not at all. I mean, I think he's he's a he's a, an archetypal narcissist. Like, just he's the definition of it. He, I mean, he's so. Ah, yeah, he he's into himself and. Um, the the book was it was really cool to learn about the friendship between Tommy and Greg because I didn't know about it till I read the book but I you know and I love Greg Sestero I think he's great and he's talented so it's strange to me their friendship and that was not fully explained in the book or the movie like I still don't fully get that friendship uh on so many levels it's a little codependent uh there's some you know self-esteem issues that I'm sure Greg has to work through, and maybe the Sisteros, um, the Sistero family, listen to this podcast, man. We don't know. We're, we're trying to find familial people who listen to the podcast. There's a good chance. So, there's a good chance. <laughs> a good so uh, I urge you, Greg, get some help for that self esteem thing. I mean, you know, he, it is interesting how Tom, he can do no wrong in Tommy's eyes, because like you said, he was really forthcoming in the book and really laid it out, like who Tommy was as a person. And Tommy and him are still best friends. But it's strange, like when I did this project, which has nothing to do with Tommy, he, he was like, what you're doing, you're mocking me, you're making fun of me. And like, this really has nothing to do with you, Tommy. Right. But I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Like there's other people out there probably mocking you. Really, I'm not. Anyway, it's just bizarre. It is an interesting character. Um, I did like The Disaster Artist, though. I thought it was really funny and enjoyable. But I did come away saying like, oh, they were, yeah, they were pretty nice to Tommy. <laughs> there were, there uh, were holds barred right there. So, yeah, just reading the book and, and watching the, the movie, it was, um, yeah, you could, you could tell that there was some, a little bit of whitewashing. Mike, Mike thought there was too much sugar, uh, too much sugar coating. A little too much sugar for Tommy. And seriously, <laughs> I'm so. mocking Tommy now, and I know the YSOs don't listen to podcasts unless they're on them, so... Well, we'll get them That's on right. them. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had them on a podcast? Have no. you ever had Tommy? No. no. We've, we've met him. I, uh, we've met him a couple of times at the, uh, the LA Comic-Con. That's and, probably much the only place we see him. Yeah, and the only thing that he's... Hey, get, uh, the raffle is starting. At, it's going to yeah, go yeah, off buy, at a, six. buy a football. I signed for you. Yeah. Buy a football or the underwear. The underwear is, uh, yeah, cracks I me up. And I, the Tommy Wiseau underwear. Yeah, I don't know if we told you this, but uh, the... Um, the the woman who runs uh, Stanley's LA Comic Con, he uh, she um, Regina, awesome lady, she had uh, told us that Tommy was really excited about uh, us doing something together. We were supposed to do like I, I forget what it was, Ming, the first time that we'd met Tommy, and we were supposed to. Oh yeah, you know we're supposed to do something with him because you told me, and I was like really excited. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great, and he had no clue who we were. Oh, why should he? But because Regina told him that we were going to do something, right. like uh, I, I, maybe we're. I think he got one to, look at us. Like these guys like, can't uh, do anything no, for me. They, so <laughs> they can't do anything for me. No, can't even sell my underwear. Get away from me, you 
that, you, that you translucent white boy, get I'm, away from I'm me. I'm pretty sure you could sell $10 underwear and backpacks for him. It's, yeah, but I wasn't about to leave my table to do that for him. Right, shill for somebody else? Nice, shill for me. The, uh, so, and for but, Robin Paris. Uh, Mike, you've seen all Thank four, you. the first four episodes of yes. uh, The Reactors, where are they now? Um, did you achieve everything that you set out to achieve with the first four? Um, I, yeah, I did. I, you know, when I first shot it, it was a long, it was like one longer episode. Um, and then I was like, you know what, this is, this, this needs to be webisodes. This needs to be broken yeah. down. So I re-edited it. I did a pickup day and, and re-pieced it together to make the first three episodes. And then the fourth episode I'd already written, but that, um, I just shot that in October because I got some money from a corporate sponsor Soylent to um to make that one, so I was able to make that one just this past October in time for the release on Funny or Die, um, and then every other episode features one room actor, and they're short, you know, they're like six minutes, yeah, uh, yeah. until the finale, which brings everybody together for the, yeah, for um, the mass murder. <laughs> beautiful. Uh, did you learn anything on that first round um, that uh, you know either mistakes or uh, or did you learn anything that you're going to put forth toward the next six? It was such a learning experience. I had never directed anything. Um, I had been a writer. So actually, I learned a lot about writing in the process of directing because I realized that I needed more like trailer moments, like just more conflict. And when you, you know, I have my master's degree in screenwriting, but when you're in a screenwriting class, all they say is conflict, conflict, conflict. But you realize that, if, you know, and you're like, I swear it's in there. This is, it's, a, it's a conflicting conversation, but it's not really conflict. So as I made this, I realized, oh my gosh, that's so true. Like, where are my trailer moments? Where, you know, where's the conflict? Where's the true conflict? So I had to work that in there as I started to make it. And I was like, wait, I've got to work this in. I've got to work that in. And I learned a lot about writing. Um, so yeah, so that was useful. What else? I mean, wow. We did so many different locations for the first three episodes, four episodes, basically. We're everywhere because every room actor is in like two or three locations. Right. And that is ridiculous. Like if you're working on a tight budget, that's really hard to do. That was stupid. So I'm trying to confine each episode is going to be basically one location if I can pull it off. But still, because it's different room actors in every episode, I still can't hammer out like three three episodes in one location. I have to go to different locations. Robin, sort of, did or, you not learn anything from me? Build one set and green screen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, ironically, uh, yeah, you want to shoot everything in one room. One room, green screen. No, no air condition. No, no, you'll be fine. And it only costs six million dollars. Yeah. Oh, Robin, you have so much to learn, little sweetheart girl. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I you're, you're definitely I wasn't gonna... thinking. I should have followed Tommy's. Tommy's, you know. But you are not true vampire, so you cannot follow me. <laughs> That's right. I have lots to learn, Tommy. Maybe next time. Yeah. So I mean, you're def- you're definitely going to get funded at least for the first two episodes. Um, I we're going to help you get to the forty two thousand that you need for all six. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, and uh, I mean, if, when you do get funded, uh, when do you anticipate starting production? Okay, so I, I my goal is to film all of these in twenty eighteen. So we're looking at coming up on July now. So for however many episodes we get funded to make, I will make them in um, end of August, beginning of September. That is my goal. I'm already putting some dates on the calendar um, and talking to people because I really want to finish the entire series ASAP. Just get it done. Yeah. I mean, I, that's my goal for 2018. 
that's, that's get her done. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to remind everyone. In addition to uh, you know, an actress and a screenwriter, you're a full time mother as well. Yeah, like, my I don't goodness. know. And and you know, I don't know where you find the time to even talk to us two knuckleheads, but we we thank you for that. Oh my God, Robin, thank you Always. so much, and thank you for doing this. Thank you for thank keeping you. us abreast of everything that you guys are still doing. I love the fact that uh, you stay in contact uh, even through this. But I mean, there's there's a definite. You you guys went through hell together. Yeah, this is like uh, like a support group, but the yes. whole world gets to see it, which is awesome. Yes. Oh, that I would love to see that as an episode. You mean the just the recovering from yes. battle? Where you, we have yeah, like the PTSD or or like an AA kind of thing where you're all sitting there going, "Hi, um, yeah, I'm I'm Robin Paris. I was in the room. Hi, Robin." And you're like, "Yeah, thank you, everybody." <laughs> That is so good. That's such a good episode. Like we should do that as a tack on extra bonus episode nice. because it's so true. That's kind of why we goals. wanted to Stretch do this goals, project. Everyone. And if you want, and I, I'm sure you weren't using it, but if you want to use it, you know, the last episode where everybody, you know, shoots themselves, <laughs> go ahead. I mean, seriously, take it. It's yours. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, you know. I'm just going to get all different weapons, and people can off themselves in a variety of different ways. Perfect. That would be great. I like that. So fun. I'm telling you. So fun. And this is the last thing I say to you, Tommy, was, oh, yeah. that's it. That's right. Stretch goal. This is what happened because I was in the room. <laughs> I mean, like, but, you know, like, we love being in the room. I will say that. We do love it. It's super fun. We love the fans. But for a while, we did have some weird, some issues with it. And, it, I mean, somebody asked me, like, well, I don't get why you find this healing. Like, why is this healing? And I'm like, it's not really about the room fans. It's kind of about everybody else who doesn't know anything about the room. All they know is you were in a crappy movie and you suck. Like that's, that's to me what was hard for me is like going around and people somehow would be like, yeah, she's in that cult movie, the room. And then it's really bad. And then everybody would be like, Oh, you obviously suck at like everything, no matter what you do. You, you. So that for me was the hard part. And I think that's what a lot of us faced is just that, like trying to say, look, I was in a bad movie, but it's really funny. You have to go see it. It's great. It's super, it has a cult follow, you know, it's like, but you can't explain that to people. And so that for me was why this series was, was healing. Well, even, even in my first viewing of it, which was what, five years ago, um, five, six years ago, 2013. Yeah. Five years ago, five years ago, uh, even my first viewing, uh, I mean, I could tell who was phoning it in and who was just having fun with it. You seem to be the only person who had fun with it. I mean, everybody else was, I mean, um, Juliet was very earnest. Well, uh, you, saw, was, you saw what they had to work through, right? Exactly. No, you no, know, no, no, no. Like, that's, that's hard to have fun uh, on. Uh, hold on. I'm not asking you to be the room apologist, okay. man. Come on. But uh, Juliet was trying, she was doing her damnedest to be everything that Tommy needed her sure. to be. And I could tell that Greg was just, 90% of the time, he was just phoning it in. You could you could tell, and but you were having fun with it. I, that's I mean you had a, a smile on your face every scene you're in, even even the ones where you know you were you were trying to have a serious conversation with Juliet. You had this little smirk, and I was like, "Damn, if if that lady right there." And I didn't know who you were at the time, but I'm like, Michelle's having fun with this. 
<laughs> I guess I tried to make the best of it as most of I us think, yeah. did. Like, you know, we were we were given this these horrible lines to say. So it was like, how can you say those with a straight face? So I guess maybe as I said them, I was like secretly laughing inside at how stupid they were. And that must have come come through in my that, expression. Well, you you did great. Uh, actually, everybody did great. Even, even Tommy with his, um, you know, putting on that I'm the best there is out there. And, you know, it was hey, phenomenal. Hey, it worked out for him. It worked. <laughs> of course it did. It worked out for him. Of course. Everything works out for vampires, Ming. Exactly. Jeez, didn't you know that? Exactly. Well, good Good luck in hitting every one of your goals and beyond. Yes. Um, is, there anything that we, is there anything that we left out that... Uh... Well, follow no. you on, follow you on Twitter, of course. Yeah, on Twitter, Facebook, at the Room Actors on Twitter, the Room Actors on Facebook, Kickstarter, Robin Paris with Robin with Y P A R I S, and yeah, jump on in. We have some really good rewards, some great like posters and DVDs and all kinds of stuff. So um, hopefully, there's some stuff there you'll find attractive and you'll want to want to help us out. Yeah, and I'm we getting appreciate it. I'm getting my Room poster, the Room, the mockumentary. Where where are they? Yes. Um, I'm getting that, which is signed by. Everybody. I'm getting it framed. Taking oh, over good. George, yes. So and it's in storage, man. and it'll be hanging in the Shared Universe podcast yeah, studio. Yeah, be in here somewhere, for sure. Okay. Thank you but, very and much. And then you, I owe you one, too, but I didn't have your address. Oh, I'll get that, I too. could send it to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good. I'm getting two of them framed. Yeah, you're framed. getting two posters. <laughs> Thank, two thanks. of them framed. One's going up on eBay. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Thanks a lot. <laughs> right. Robin, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Have you a great weekend, and uh, great luck with everything. We, uh, we, we got your back, always. Yep. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to hang out with you yeah. guys. And we hope you to see you uh, soon in person. We'll Definitely. Be, we'll be Let me know when you come so. back out here. We will. Thank you so much to the room okay. actors. Where are they now? Thank you, thank you, Robin, so much. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye, Robin. Robin Paris, everybody. Ooh, I'm Did telling we, you. We love her. Oop, sorry. Boop. There we go. Yeah. True. That one was me. That, that wasn't actually Skype. Yeah, lots lots of love for her. She so. is amazing, and I, I'm I'm sincere in if I need you to watch the room again and just watch her scenes. She has got the wickedest little grin on her face. It is so it's it. She is my was my favorite right. uh, character in the whole movie, mainly because of that. I was like, what? here's a woman who is having such a good time, and Greg Sestero in the Disaster Artist gives her like a you know, a bunch of really great compliments. Like she was the one who didn't, shouldn't have been in the room, but was anyway. Yeah. And Juliet, you know, like I said, God love her. She just, she was from Texas, right? Uh, I believe, I believe so, she's yes. from Texas. And it, this was, she was supposed to play, uh, she was supposed to play Michelle. Right. And she ended up getting, uh, she got the lead. Up. She got, <laughs> she the, got lead. the lead, everybody. And, um, she was, 22 so they were together for uh seven years um, that? in in the movie johnny and uh, that the, i wasn't aware of the timeline let's just say yes but Does it yeah, matter? yeah you've been you've been engaged to him for seven years oh i have breast cancer um no but it's definitely cancer mike it's oh it's it's probably definitely cancer it's de yeah it's definitely cancer well i got the test back yeah did you not like the disaster artist it sounded um, like you didn't like it. They got um, Dave Franco. Uh, they should have gotten someone else to play Greg Sestero. I think that uh, while while he did a, a very credible job, um, did it matter who played Greg Sestero? Yeah. The, it was, oh the movie yeah. It was all about Tommy Wiseau. True, but uh, 
a huge part of the disaster artist is about uh, sure. Greg Sestero. So yeah, there was yeah. It, I mean, not that he didn't do a, a fine job, yeah. But you know, you needed to go up one level to. Uh, right. I mean, I mean, James I'm, Franco is playing Tommy Wiseau, and to <laughs> to play Franco against is Tommy Wiseau. In in that context, he absolutely yeah. was. So, but you have to. I mean, think about it. You need someone who's got like the chops to play against James Franco sure. when James Franco is vamping like like a mofo. I mean, think about it. Right. Think about it. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. So. I thought I thought they did a great job at uh, conveying to you know the 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 general public. Uh, you know the phenomena of this movie and how it how it happened. Yeah. You know they may have stressed some truths here and there. It didn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. No, no, because it, it <laughs> because the uh, you know the whole point is a room blew up. It becomes more mythic. And, um, it's already with, done that. So. Of course. Yeah, but the story behind it, I think, is almost almost as interesting. Yes. Well, that's that's <laughs> that's the perfect segue from where I started. Yeah. Whereas you know, looking behind the scenes, sometimes it's even better than looking uh, at. Like the finished product, yeah. So there's just these little moments uh, that probably didn't even happen. But uh, there's one where they go to the Mexican restaurant, and um, and Greg is telling Tommy that he's moving out, and uh, Tommy's got this big giant burrito, and he takes his big bite. It's like, oh, I love burrito, and I don't know why that freaking line cracks me the hell up. It's so great. And then afterwards, he's like kicking the mailbox and shit. And he's like, yeah. ow. And he's like, I'm okay. And there's no one there. Yeah, <laughs> just stupid little things like that. It's amazing. It's great. Oh yeah. Well, that's. Because it feeds into the that um, image you have in your head yeah. of Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's a great companion to the room. Sure. That uh, if you watch both of them together, and and if anyone hasn't watched the room, get out there and oh watch it. Oh my god, what's wrong? Uh, with again, you? as always, we recommend you watch it with a crowd. Uh, you know, preferably at a public screening. Yeah, go to a public screening. They're usually in. I, I know that um, New York has one. Yes. Um, you can even tell them where it is if you're going on there. But, yeah, New York has one every uh, once a month. Yeah, head over uh, to uh, theroommovie.com. There's, uh, the, the full schedule is on there. And of course then, um, it is. In and L.A., they changed it. It used to be the last Saturday of every month they would show it uh, down in Westwood. I don't, I don't know if it's the last Saturday. It might be the first Saturday now. I know. Which stinks because we're always there the last Saturday of the October. The first time we went to see it was the first Saturday yeah. or the last Saturday. That was the very first time, and I remember I, I was exhausted because we had just flown in that day. Yeah, it's at mid, it's always at midnight, and, and we're was, on East we, Coast oh time. But God. I, I was not leaving. I'm not, I was not letting you get away with not watching. No, this. and I was I was like, oh, I really don't want to do this, but you like, know, no, I I'm did like, promise. Dude. And we went, <laughs> and uh, I started to fall asleep, and then I'm like, what? And there was such an energy, <laughs> yeah. in the the theater that oh I'm like, God, I'm I'm like totally awake now. <laughs> it's hard to sleep through the room. And I this. took uh, Emilio Fields, our, the uh, set designer for uh, Comic, Comic Book, Book Man, yep. and my wife. And we, uh, a whole bunch of us went up to see the room in New York. Yep. And that was fun. Yeah. Oh, man, there's monthly screens everywhere. There's a map now. And you, there's little Tommy faces. <laughs> it's literally covering the whole map. So uh, theroommovie.com. Definitely go. Definitely you can also do that out. with Tommy Wiseau's ass from uh, his lovemaking scenes in the room. You can put Tommy Wiseau's face all over. Right. Are you ass. saying your ass is better? Absolutely. Okay. I've Mike, never uh, I've never seen my ass except in a mirror one time. Okay. You're, you're saying, I'm you're, saying you're judging. Uh, absolutely. You're saying your ass oh, is my better. God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. Pull it up on the big screen, Ming. Let's see. Your it. ass? I no. don't have a picture of your ass. No, Tommy Wiseau's ass on I'm, the big screen. I don't need to do that. Uh, we're Facebook Live, right? Yeah, it looks like the moon landing, yes. It so. does. There are... Um, the eagle you, has landed, everybody. You, you, can, you can see the... Uh, I don't want to see that. Yeah. Um, you can see the... Um, see your tranquility on Tommy Wiseau's ass. Pretty much. Connect the dots, everybody. Oh, my God. Connect the dots. Um, all right. Well, thank you again, Robin Paris. Uh, before we go, I just want to uh, big shout out, a little, little eulogy for um, a guy that we've only met twice in our life, Mike, but made a very big in- impact on me personally, I believe. Uh, there's this little ramshackle uh, dive bar. Yeah, there's, there's the ass. Hold on. I'm Hold bringing it, it up. Bring it down. Bring it down. This is, this is the camera right here in front of you. Oh, right here? Yeah, right there. This is going to violate Facebook's uh, nudity policy. Yeah, there you go. That's, uh, oof. Yeah. Why is one cheek bigger than the other? Why the hell are you asking me? I, I thought maybe you would some insight. You obviously no. very, you seem very, uh, you're very into the, tell me why those ass. So. No, now I got to delete that yeah, now off we're, my now we're, Facebook. Now everyone, my, uh, everyone just tuned out. So thank I know, you it's like, much. everyone had thank to go and much. run and throw up. Yeah. Uh, back to what I was saying before. Uh, we want to, uh, yes. you know, special shout out to uh, Ron Gurdjian. The, you, uh, I saw you posted his yeah. obituary. Yeah. I am so sorry, Ming. I know that that you <laughs> you thought a lot of him. Yeah, the uh, proprietor and the guy who took over uh, one of my favorite dive bars ever in the world. Uh, this place called Tom's Tavern on Seven Mile Road in Detroit. A uh, place that we went to twice in our life. Yes, and it changed her. It changed my life forever. I don't it did change your life? Uh, are you kidding? I thought it was great. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a drinker. If I if this were like 21 years sure. ago, uh, and this were one of my last runs, I would have loved for it to be like in there. Right. Um, I I thought it was a charming, quaint little. Um, Dive. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll paint a little picture. Uh, Seven Mile Road, uh, you know, not the best neighborhood in Detroit. Possibly the worst. Um, one of. Yeah. One of the worst neighborhoods in Detroit. Oh, dear uh, God. Remember when we were parking the car? Oh, I remember. We had a yeah. rental, and I was like, oh, shit. We're, and there were, there were sketchy people. We were parked right in front of um, the train tracks. Yes. And I'm like, son of a bitch. We're, my car's gone. All right. So yeah, what? It was, uh, November 2015. We were in town for a con called Fantasticon. And uh, I had pulled up a list of great dive bars in the Detroit area. Saw a picture of this shack that looks like it was about to fall over. And I'm like, Mike, let's go. And, mm-hmm. and for your credit, you were driving. You drove, you drove over there. Oh, yeah. And uh, we uh, happened upon this house. It literally looked like if you sneezed, it would fall over. No windows. And there was one door. And um, yeah, really, the only sign of life was this. This uh, the door is kind of crooked, so you could kind of kind of see light. Yeah, we saw out of it. chinks of light. Right, yes. and we heard noise from the inside, but we didn't know if it was open. And I tried to open the door, and it was locked. It was, was locked. Like, oh crap! Like I really wanted to go to this place, so I was like, oh man, it's closed. But just as a last ditch effort, I knocked, and the door burst open, and uh, the drunk dude opens the door, and he's like, get out of here, we're closed. And I was like, oh man, I turned to leave, and he's like, oh, he was like, oh, I'm just kidding. Get your asses in here. Come on in, guys. Uh, so as we got in, he asked us where we were from. We told him from, we were from Jersey. He said a dog had once pissed on him in Jersey. He, felt, he passed down under a boardwalk in Seaside Heights. And from then on, he, uh, he welcomed us with open arms. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, this place was great. 
Um, the floor was uneven. It leaned heavily to the left. Yes, and, and we found that we found out why. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, their wood floor, their former wood floor, had rotted and uh, was uh, a was a, a hazard. And uh, Tom, who had previously owned the bar, uh, bought a whole bat- bunch of concrete and he let all the drunks lay down the fu- the concrete, which is why it slants. And yeah, if you and walk, they kept it like and, that. And I swear to God, I was walking. I'm like, God damn! I think I got a contact buzz from this place. And I'm like, Oh, the floor. Leans down. Yeah, Mike backwards. almost rolled his ankle. Yeah, uh, we had great time. Cheap beer. Uh, Walking had... into the bathroom, there's a trough on your left and a toilet on your straight ahead. Yeah, but the toilet was uh, bound with duct tape. Yeah, so duct you, tape shut, so you can't use you it. You couldn't use it. I was like, okay, like, crap. I, I I have to take I'm, a dump. What am I going to do now? You're going to take a dump in the to the trough, right. and then you know your people are going to make fun of you because. I'm sure that uh, someone would have said something. Like somebody yeah. took a dump in the trough. But uh, the jukebox was loaded with like 200 free credits, so we just rolled. My, me and Mike just rolled cool music all night long. Yeah, we were actually – it was uh, pretty good. Made some friends. And then, um, yeah, it just kind of stuck in my mind. So every time I returned back to the Michigan area, I tried to go back. Uh, we went back the next May for Motor City Comic Con. Yes, and we uh, were there. Took our friend Ivy Doom Kitty, who I don't know if it left the same impression on her. She was probably us. glad to get out of there with her virtue intact. Probably. So yeah, but when we went in there that night, actually, uh, Ivy had a great time. I think. I think yeah, we'll have. To uh, ask but her. there was a bachelorette party in there. Remember? There was yeah, and live music. There was live a music, band which was weird. Yeah. Uh, some guy on a recorder. Yeah. But you know, old Ron was in there, and had I lived there, I would have been there every night, man, for sure. I would have celebrated. I had my birthday parties there, all this stuff, and um, so I tried to go back. I was there in February for Astronomicon. Yes, I tried to go back, and uh, the bar that I was at before I went there was like, oh, they, they shut down two months ago, and I'm like, what are you talking about? It's Tom's Tavern. Tom's Tavern will live forever, and apparently, mm. uh, Ron was in the hospital; his health was failing, so he had shut it down. What was supposed to be temporarily. Uh, where then I found out he passed away, I guess, three or four days ago. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the future is up in limit. If I had the money, man, and I, if I wanted to move back to Michigan, I would totally op- reopen that place, man. Totally. And I don't know what kind of fundage you need. Can we start a Kickstarter? I hope. I don't know about me, but I hope somebody starts. I'll, I'll, I'll give a ton of money to see it reopen so I okay. can go back. Yeah. You know. But the problem is you need somebody to run it, like Ron. Yeah, you need guy. to find somebody who's willing to drink with the kids. Yeah, yeah, he, he would drink. Uh, like Jack, he was big fond of Jack Daniels or Jameson. And didn't he two. make his own chili? He was yeah, he made like food. He would make constantly just make food for people, and even though they weren't they weren't supposed to be serving food or selling food, but he could give it away. Yeah, so he'd make chili. He would make like ham sandwiches and shit. Yeah, and so I, so I just there there are very few places like this in the world to me. I. That that this unique in in this cookie cutter world, Mike of Applebee's and TGI Fridays <laughs> and and Kentucky Fried Chicken and where everything is a conglomerate franchise owned by faceless, uncaring corporations. This place was anything but. Uncaring. Dude, you're talking to you're talking to a champion of the mom and sure, pop. Sure, absolutely. I happen to to think the world. Uh, I I remember having an argument with my stepmother uh, years ago. Okay. About uh, she said it's it's a um, it's a box store world. We're never going back. I'm like you're wrong. 
Everything, everything, even even sometimes technology, as acknowledged by my twelve year old who loves his VCR, yeah. is cyclical. Sure. So people are people are disgusted with um, the WalMarts of the world and the Targets, sure, and sure. so they want some place where you know a a dude doesn't just have a name tag and an orange vest. No, that you just go in, you no. you know he talks to you and tells you his name yeah, exactly. personally right away, and then he's your friend for life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, and I'm all for mom-and-pop stores. So that's what, you know, um, that's what we're about here at Shared yeah, Universe. Yeah, we're pretty mom-and-pop here. We are, well, I mean, well, pop you know, and pop. Yeah, I'll, you know, if you, want, if you want to try to drink me under the table here, you can. There's a there's a handle of Tito's back there. Somebody left. Yeah, right? Yeah. If, if you want some food, I'll, I'll make some food. I yeah. mean, people we, are like, hey... I'd come to your podcast studio and podcast with you. If you had tamales, give me twenty minutes. Yeah. I'll whip some up. Or we just go buy them. There's a have, there's a large uh, Hispanic population not too far. We'll I go get you tamales. True, but I, I I make a pretty good tamale. But barring so. that, we have Pringles and we have Twizzlers here. Damn straight. So if that doesn't get you here, and the black and white cookie. Yes, I don't know what will get you here. Yeah. So heads, uh, uh, you know, big shout out to Ron. Uh, I heard a lot of the old patrons went over to. And they gathered there one night to pay tribute. And they peed in the trough. Well, they, you can't. It's locked. It's okay. padlocked. But oh, like that's going to stop anyone from Detroit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, like <laughs> oh, the, the place would literally be uh, a car crash into the back of it, so they could take whatever money was in there, and they yeah. stole some booze. Like uh, the, the place has been crashed into multiple times. Oh yeah, uh, Ryan. We used, almost did. Yeah, Ryan used to sleep in there to ward off any thieves. Like he used to, he would set up a cot. And he would sleep in there. Really? Yeah. You heard rumblings on the street. That, I mean, that Tom's Tavern is. Uh, that's a, probably a daily rumblings Detroit, yeah, I'm sure. seven mile. Um, the pr- place had half burned down several times. Yeah, this is a place that pretty much would not die. It's like, in, it had character. <laughs> oh my opened god! Opened in yeah. 1921. Uh, survived prohibition. The gangs would deliver alcohol there during prohibition. Shit, yeah, a lot of stuff. So I, I really hope to see it survive. And yeah, you know, and that's that's back in the day when I mean, tough days. Like, the mob was the mob. Yeah, the Purple Hill Gang, man. Um, yeah. The Purple Gang or whatever it was called in Detroit. Yeah, man. Yeah, you got me on that yeah, one, man. I, yeah. I never studied that. <laughs> the Purple Gang? Well, that's uh, you don't want to mess with the Purple Gang, Mike. I, th- damn straight I wouldn't. I know it doesn't sound like a bunch of tough guys, but the Purple Gang is pretty sh- tough. Yeah, man. they fuck you up. <laughs> purple Gang would, would fuck you up. So, anyways... Uh, to Tom's Tavern, and uh, may they live on and, and reopen again. If, so. if nowhere else, in your heart, Ming. Oh, always. And yeah, if there's heart. if there's a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe to uh, to do that, somebody please let us know. Yeah, for sure. So, um, do you want to go back and just rip something off from I Tom's don't, Tavern? I don't. No. no. Well, there's well, what a floorboard or, or the trough. Something you yeah, want to put the, the trough tr- here in the studio? <laughs> yeah. No, I want the toilet bowl that's, toilet that's like that. bound with duct tape. Something tells me you don't want to see what's inside. There's no, a reason I, it's duct tape. Yeah, shut. I'm sure because they don't want whatever's in there getting out. No, for sure. Um, all right. So uh, thank you, Robin. Thank you, Tom's Tavern. Robin, we love you. Uh, you got anything coming up? Uh, we are. Well, we're going to miss you next week. We're me and Brian are going to be in uh, Puyallup, 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 Washington for the Washington State Twenty Geek Fest. Puyallup. I'm so sorry. I'm going to be missing it. Yeah, Mike's got work. He's he's he's. Uh, it's, dude, I duty. Uh, he's not only doing that, his duty, man. I'm also uh, sticking around here. Flan- Mr. Flanagan is out of town. Yeah. I am going to be. Uh, taking care of our podcasters here. Okay, great, great. And I will Fantastic. be um, 
Uh, I'm going to be missing you guys too, and I'll be missing all of uh, our fans up in Washington. And uh, I'm going to do a video f- saying sorry for uh, the people there. That okay. Can, you know, uh, the Twain Geek Fest can use it on their site or not. Okay. They'll be like, fuck Mike Zapsack. All right. We're going to be missing you. That's uh, July 30th and uh, June, June, 30th. June 30th, July 1st. Uh, I'll be there with uh, Brian Johnson and Jason Mews back in Seattle. Back uh, in Seattle. I'm bummed, but hey. ToyandGeekFest.com. And next week you're going to... That's next week. That's and next then, week. Um, but the, when are you going to uh, Funko? Oh yeah, I'm tell. Oh, I'm going. Aren't you oh, doing I'm Funko fun-, fun Days? Um, possibly. Possibly. Well, that's. Uh, oh, was I not supposed to say that? Okay. No, I don't think. Well, I mean, I don't. I didn't know if they wanted to make an announcement or anything. But uh, well, you you just you just revealed two things. Uh, I will be at the San Diego Comic Con in three weeks, four okay. weeks. Third week uh, in July. I've not been in 15 years, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, Ming so Chen. I will, I will be there. Um, come see me if you're going. Booth 1903. Mike Zapsik most likely will not be there. Really? Unfortunately, I can't. You looked into it? I did I look tr- into we tried it. We tried to get you there, you dude. Did, I know. Uh, airfare is insane, number one. And two. We'll make that get, back. Getting a room. We'll make that back, the, too. Getting a room at the same. No, I don't think so, because it's like five grand a night. Airbnb, dude. That's that Airbnb was Airbnb. Yeah, because everybody which else Airbnb is gone. Airbnb, where you looking for? You're looking for a whole house. You want privacy, dude? I, dude, I was looking. No, share a room, dude. Dude, I was looking for a mouse hole. I yeah, shared guess. room, man. I was looking at uh, Tom. Are you sure you were? Sh- you I was were looking searching? at Tom's tavern. Yeah, I you did. Were searching correctly because I know like people like rent out their houseboats and stuff. You could be um. Who, which, uh, Quincy. Yeah, you I could be, be Quincy, Quincy, dude. Yeah, but People guess what? legit rent out their houseboats and They stuff do, but again, cheap. not for cheap. Nothing's cheap in San Diego that week, my friend. All right, how about we put out this call? Does anybody have a spare room for Mike Zapsick? <laughs> anybody. Mike, Mike can, needs a place and, to stay in San Diego. And can anybody send me a, a Please, a somebody help ticket? us out. Well, I, maybe uh, there's someone out there that works for an airline that could maybe, um, maybe make off for an Maybe? Yeah. Or maybe you could hack it. You know, you might have maybe. to fly from here to Charlotte, to Denver, to San Francisco, down to San Diego. But at least it'll get you there. Yes, we'll see. Okay, well, uh, if you make it, well, I hope you make it. Because I think we would kill, we're going to actually kill down there. It's 150,000 people. I think, uh, yeah, we have, our, it's a, we have our own 10 by 10 booth. Again, booth 1903. It is, uh, it is ours and ours alone for five days at the San Diego Comic-Con. Well, I hope if anybody's listening, maybe can help Mike Zapsik out. Maybe Pretty much appreciated. Uh, yeah, Friday is uh, Funko Fun Days, man. Uh, the biggest party of the year, but certainly the biggest party at San Diego Comic Con. They sold tickets; those tickets sold out in like thirty seconds. Yes, was, yeah. If you weren't, if you didn't get one, um, I'm sorry, but it's tough. You weren't alone. <laughs> A lot of people wanted that. Uh, Saturday's like uh, the whole day of Impractical Jokers. Brian BQ will be there. Yeah, they're having the um, the Impractical Jokers uh, party in the park in the park. Yeah, which will be amazing. And then uh, Kevin's doing probably doing his traditional Hall H panel. Hall H. Well's uh, uh, Comic Kev. Is there anything on ComicKev.com? It's usually where he posts his schedule as well. ComicKev.com. Uh, I, I imagine him and uh, Ralph, possibly Jason, will be doing a couple live shows as well. That'd so. be cool. So and hey, if Brian goes out with you, you might be doing a Y-Bry. Wow, a live Y-Bry. Yeah, that yeah, I, he might as well if he's going. So. Exactly. Looks like he's looking into it as well. So cool. you may hey, you guys could team up. Why don't you guys get a, a houseboat together? 
Yeah, we'll get a houseboat. Me and Brian in the same houseboat. Yeah, I love it. Actually, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't. It wouldn't. And then um, I'm still plugging it. The week before San Diego Comic-Con, I'll be at Ocon in Omaha, Nebraska, or more accurately, Council Bluffs, Iowa, right across the border. So ch- check that out as well. That'll be that'll be fun. So um, I, think that, I think that's all I got, man. Yeah. I think that's all I got. So. That's all we need. Yeah. So uh, again, thank you, Robin Paris. Thank you, Mike Sapsik. Thank you, Ming Chen. Thank you for everybody watching on facebook live thank you for everybody listening apologies for the delay but um hey we're back baby yeah, we are back so and we'll, you'll get another one next week that'll drop sometime during we'll do uh wednesday or thursday yeah figure Fantastic. it out Fantastic. figure it out but and uh, you'll be leaving you'll you're leaving when thursday or friday no, on friday so leaving friday so, yeah, so we'll cons do only cons uh two days saturday and right, sunday so. then we'll do uh yeah thursday yeah, for sure all right, Tune right in then, folks. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you then. Thank you, everybody. Yeah.